Step into my library, won't you, and have a seat by the fire. This is Jennifer Passarello from Circa19XX.com and the Circa Sunday Night Podcast. But tonight, we're not in either of those places. We're in the Vintage Century Reading Room, and I have a book to share with you that have been lost in the mists of time. Let's have a little read, shall we? How could I be lonely with a friend like you? For you're driving all my cares away. Well, hello there. Good evening. Hey, thanks for coming back and keeping me company here as we continue our journey through our little book. You know, we're getting close to the end, actually. Just a couple more chapters to go. Actually, let me see how many chapters. I think we, yeah, uh, three chapters. We've got about three chapters to go. And one of them is on married life, which should be interesting because um, I'm not married. So, I don't know. That should be <laughs> kind of interesting. Maybe I'll learn a few things. Who knows? But anyway, if you are using these little shows to put yourself to sleep, well... Pretty soon you're going to have to find another sleep aid. But you know what? I have a suggestion. Why not go over to my regular show, Circa Sunday Night, which I assure you is equally sleep-inducing. I am here to serve. (laughs) Well, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, welcome. I can't believe you found us. I don't know how you did find us, but I'm so very glad that you did. Now, what we're doing here is we're reading a book together called Take a Look at Yourself by John Homer Miller. This is a book that is old. It's been out of print for a long time. It was written in the early 1940s during World War II. And I really don't know much about this book. I mean, other than what we've been reading over the last several weeks, nor do I know anything about the author. But what I am gathering from just the the chapters that we've read so far, is that he was writing this book to help people navigate through what was a very dark time in our history. And uh, wow, how timely, right? We can relate to that. So now where did this book come from? Well, I bought it in an old bookshop. And the reason why I picked it up is I like the snappy title. Take a look at yourself. It also looks cool. It's got kind of this neat vintage font on the spine. So it looked cool, had a neat snappy title. And, you know, this is an inspirational little book, which also appeals to me. I mean, we all need a little inspiration, don't we? Okay, so what we do is we all meet up every other week and we go through this book chapter by chapter. But before we dive into tonight's chapter, why don't we have a little visit? It is really nice to be here at the microphone again. Now, I know for you, it's only been a couple of weeks. So our last chapter just aired two weeks ago. But I recorded all of those episodes far in advance. I actually recorded those many, many weeks ago. And then all of a sudden, my life got incredibly busy and I had to take a break. So I haven't actually recorded any of these shows for, oh, wow, I don't know. It might have been a month. Might have been three or four weeks since I've actually sat down to record. But something completely unexpected happened in my professional life, and it was just so much fun. You know, you just never know where the world is going to take you. 
when I'm advising young professionals, I have a very young team. They're much younger than I am. I always tell them, you know, don't be afraid to take a few risks and to just put yourself out there. It's only by putting yourself out there that you get thrown into the current of life and you just don't know where that current is going to take you. And sometimes it'll take you to some really fun, unexpected, and exciting places. So here's what happened to me. For many, many years, I essentially held two jobs. I had my day job. I was an employee in a company. I still am, by the way. I still do have a day job. And then I had my side gig, which was as a consultant and a contractor. And I did that for a couple of decades. I mean, I did that for a long, long time. Well, I set the consulting part of my life aside a few years ago because, well, honestly, because I was just getting tired. I I just couldn't keep it up anymore. And I also wanted to try podcasting. I couldn't do the podcasting thing and my day job and consulting. So I had to give one of those things up and I gave up the consulting. So I thought consulting was behind me. Well, then out of the blue, about three weeks ago, I got a call from a small firm out of Austin, Texas, and they were interested in my services. They wanted to know if I could provide some training and some one-on-one coaching services for their own trainers who were preparing to do a high-profile program via webinar. So I do a lot of instructional design work. I do a lot of presentation skills coaching all of those kinds of things, and they wanted those services. I did not know them. I had never worked with them before, so this was completely out of the blue, and I just jumped at the chance. It it sounded like such a fun project, and it was a chance to meet some new people, and they were awesome to work with. And so anyway, it was just kind of exciting. So that's what I've been doing for the last several evenings and weekends. I've been working on that. So I've done some webinars for them. I did some one-on-one coaching for them. They were getting ready to launch this very high-profile, very lucrative program. It's a for-profit program that they're developing. And so they wanted someone to come in and help them refine things and, and advise them. And it's just been a lot of fun. So now it's just a matter of rooting for them from behind and keeping my fingers crossed that everything goes well. But anyway, that was really fun, but that did not leave much time for podcasting. So, you know, like I said, I haven't been recording for a while, but now I'm back. And you know what? I've missed you. I'm so glad we get to spend these evenings together. Okay, well, in other news, at the time that I am recording this, it is the middle of February. And today in Kansas City, our high was one degree. We have had several days of single digits and below zero weather, and the forecast looks terrible. We're going to be sub-zero for a few days in the coming weeks, so we are setting all kinds of records for cold, which I absolutely hate. I cannot stand the winter, so I am in agony over this, as you can imagine. So for my listeners in Florida, I just have to tell you, I wish I was with you. You know, today, our high was one degree, as I said, here in Kansas City. And just to torture myself, I checked out the high temp in Orlando today, 85 degrees. 
Yeah, 85 degrees. 85 degrees. Oh my gosh. Oh, you all know how much I love Florida anyway, any time of the year, but never more than when we're in the depths of the winter here in Kansas City. Now, here's some good news, and this is what I'm hanging on to. My next Florida trip is booked, ready to go. And so now the countdown begins. I touched down in Orlando in exactly 90 days from this recording. Oh, goodness. Well, that seems like a long time from now, but you know what? I've just taken it one day at a time, one day at a time. That's all we can do, isn't it? Well, so Olive and I have been cooped up for several days, and what do you do when you're cooped up in the house? You read. This is perfect reading weather, so I am not wasting it. Right now on my nightstand is a book of Ernest Hemingway short stories. So he wrote 72, I believe it was 72 short stories in his lifetime, and they've all been collected in a volume, and this is nothing new. But it is new to me because I picked up this book at my local thrift store. They had a hardcover in beautiful condition, and so I picked that up there. And I've been reading those stories. I just revisited my all-time favorite Ernest Hemingway story last night, A Clean, Well-Lighted Place. That's a real downer. That is not an up-tempo kind of story. It's a little bit sad. Actually, it's very sad. It's um, very poignant. We should actually talk about that. Maybe in an upcoming vintage reading room, we will explore A Clean, Well-Lighted Place. It's a very short story. But it's it's beautifully told. You read something like that, and then you realize why Hemingway is such a giant in American literature. So anyway, that's been fun. I've been reading uh, through that book. But I've also been watching some old movies. I thought I would share a movie that I saw a couple of days ago that I enjoyed. Now, you may not enjoy this. A lot of people may not enjoy this, but I did. So I love a good old-fashioned ghost story. I don't like horror films. I don't like slasher-type movies. I don't like any of that kind of stuff. And you know, I'm not real wild about modern movies. So this film that I saw was actually from the 1980s. I think it was filmed in 1989, but it was set in the early 1900s. The film was called The Woman in Black. Now, I know that there's been a remake. I've not seen that film. I don't know anything about it. I don't even know who's in it. But because it's modern, I just am biased against it. I probably wouldn't like it. But I wanted to see this old version, the 1989 version. And I have to say, it was pretty enjoyable. Now, it is not the most frightening film you'll ever see. But I thought it was a good story. And there is a ghost in it, and there are some kind of creepy moments. And also, it's set in circa 19xx land, you know, early 1900s. We love the early 1900s here in circa 19xx land. So, I'm going to put a show link, or a, a link to the show, rather, in the notes for this episode. You can check it out on YouTube for free. I know some people would think it's old-fashioned and it's not very interesting. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. It's the kind of movie I like. So anyway, nice, good, cold weather type of film to see. Now, the weather has got to change pretty soon, though, because while I love reading and, you know, watching old movies is nice, 
This weather is just draining my energy, and I'm getting lazier and lazier with every passing day. Do you get like that? Do you get that way where you're just so lazy when it gets really, really cold? When this episode airs, let me check the calendar here. Okay, so I am recording this in February. It's actually not going to air until April. April can still be pretty brutal in Kansas City, or it can be really beautiful and really lovely. I hope it's going to be the latter. I need some lovely weather about now, and I think everybody else does too. Okay, so how about if we get to tonight's chapter of our book? Most of the chapters of Take a Look at Yourself, I just discover along with you. I haven't read most of those chapters in advance. I think there were a couple that I did, but most of them I just read along with you, and we sort of make discoveries about what's in there together. But this time, Because I haven't been reading that book lately, and I haven't been recording lately, and I needed to get myself back in the groove, I did read this chapter in advance. And, oh, folks, I think the message here is a really good one, and I need to internalize this chapter myself. This is all about recognizing the average in your life. Now, I know most of you fall asleep during this podcast, but I'm going to encourage you this time to drink some coffee and to try to stay up for this one. You know, we tend to take measure of our lives by either comparing ourselves to others or by considering only the most recent things that we've done. Well, in tonight's chapter, he teaches us not to do that. Instead, he tells us, focus on the average, focus on the average. Now, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense now, but it will make more sense as we dive in. Shall we get started? Okay, let's begin. Chapter 8. Look at your average. Several years ago, a businessman was depicted in a cartoon in one of our large metropolitan newspapers. In the cartoon, we see the man out on the edge of a stream fishing. He's caught a number of fish. Typical of all fishermen, he's hung his catch on a high pole in a conspicuous place where he can proudly display them. The fish he caught in 1925 is of fair size. The one he caught in 1926 is larger. In 1927, still larger. The 1928 fish is almost the size of a young whale, but the 1929 catch is the smallest fish of them all. And in 1930, when we see him in the cartoon, he's just on the point of pulling a turtle out of the water. The poor man's expression is one of disgust, anger, and disillusionment. His hat's flying off into the air, and he's trying desperately to free his line from that measly turtle. The whole point of that cartoon is to emphasize the fact that that man's internal attitude toward life is all wrong. He lacks perspective. His whole attention is fixed upon that measly turtle that he's catching in 1930. He's so short-sighted that he can't look back and see the splendid fish that he caught years before. He is intended to represent the spirit and attitude of multitudes of people at our present hour. In order to keep a balanced attitude toward life, you must balance the good with the bad, with your eye fixed on the average. 
1929, when stock prices were toppling and many people were coming out on the short end of the ledger, two men whose fortunes on paper had shrunk thousands of dollars looked back across the years. They said, well, even at present prices, we're worth 10 times as much as we were 10 years ago. And if that's the case, our average for 10 years is pretty good. What are we complaining about anyway? Do you have a sense of perspective, an internal balanced attitude toward life, the ability to take the long look? Are you in the habit of balancing the good with the bad, discovering the average, and keeping your attention upon that, never upon the greatest gains or your greatest losses? Well, many times I've said to people seeking help that one sure rule to follow, if you would keep your feet on the ground and your blood pressure normal in your relationships with other people, is to cut in half both the praise and the criticism which you hear about yourself. A balanced attitude toward life depends on keeping your eyes fixed not upon just the best or just on the worst, but upon the average, somewhere between the good and the bad. There once was a young man who set out in life to sell cash registers. He made up his mind that if he could sell them to Marshall Field in Chicago, well, that would set an example to other smaller merchants in his territory, and they'd be eager to buy from him, too. The first time he called upon Marshall Field, he received neither an order nor any encouragement whatsoever. He called upon him the next year and the next and the next, until finally, In the tenth year, he came away with an order for $150,000. Well, that young man, possessing a balanced attitude toward life, looked back over the years and said to himself, $15,000 for each year is not a bad average at all. Life has a way of balancing itself for you. It delivers at your doorstep both the best and the worst. A great many older people who have lived three or four score years have a balanced attitude toward life. They've learned how to look back across the years to weigh the good and the bad, and most of them are grateful that their lives have averaged up so well. In consequence, they face the future with confidence, with courage, and with faith. There once was a young couple that got married. And after the ceremony, the bride's father went back with them into his study to give them some advice. He was a man who had worked hard for everything that he had and everything that he was. He said to them, I have learned at least one thing in my life which I now pass on to you. If you expect all your years to be equally good, you're going to be disappointed. You may go on for a time without seeming to get ahead. But if at the end of each year you have a little more of this world's goods and a little better understanding of each other, be satisfied with that. Then there may come a year when fortune will shine upon you and you'll make a lot of progress. You must expect to balance the good and the bad. It will save you a great deal of anguish and disappointment. This law of averages and law of compensation will work for you if you will hang on and keep your industry and your faith, and if you'll develop a balanced perspective. To begin with, you develop a balanced attitude toward life by taking a long look back. What seemed a failure to you yesterday has become, with the passing of time, a triumph. 
what at one moment seemed to be an irretrievable defeat, turned out to be a success. What once looked to you like a great loss turned out to be a great gain. A balanced attitude toward life depends also upon your ability to take a long look around you, for then you discover that what life brings to you is as good as, if not far better than, what it is given to 99 out of every 100 other people. If you sigh for what someone else has, or to be in another man's place, if you think that life has been more unkind and unjust to you than it has been to other people, remember that your life could be far worse than it is. Most of us can be extremely grateful today when we compare our lives with the lives of other people. Several years ago, two unexpected sudden deaths occurred very close together in my immediate family. Instead of bemoaning the tragedy, we remembered that in a large family of nine children, there had been no deaths for 50 years. We realized that we had experienced a far better average than most families composed of fewer people. When you balance what you have and what you do not have against what other people have and do not have, you will be better content with your lot. And one more thing can be said. You develop and maintain a balanced attitude toward life by taking a long look ahead. When you do that, you inevitably view your present moment in a totally different perspective. The knowledge that in the past an apparent defeat has turned out to be a victory, well, that enables you to live life in the hope of what happened yesterday can happen tomorrow. Then you live your present moment, whatever it may be, in the faith that it is filled with unforeseen and unforeseeable possibilities. Indeed, a balanced attitude toward life depends upon your ability to believe that it takes another world to finish what you've begun here. Isaac Pittman is remembered chiefly for the lasting contributions he made to the art of stenography. Many people don't know that he was also a lecturer on astronomy. And he was a preacher, and he performed worthily and faithfully in all areas. This great man, knighted at the hand of Queen Victoria, considered his employments as belonging not to time, but to eternity. To a friend shortly before his death, he gave this message as the secret of his unusually poised and peaceful life. To those who ask how Isaac Pittman passed away, say, peacefully and with no more concern than in passing from one room to another to take up some further employment. You must look as far ahead as that to maintain a balanced attitude in each present moment of your life. I don't know about you, but I really like that chapter. That chapter spoke to me because this is an area that I struggle with. You know, life is really about ups and downs, isn't it? We love the highs. We feel so good. You know, we feel like the kings of the world when we've hit a high. But when we hit a low, we feel like worthless failures, don't we? I mean, I think everybody feels that way. How soon we forget the victory of yesterday. So I love Miller's advice that we not spend too much time thinking about the defeats or even the victories, but that we focus on the aggregate of both. So as a reminder, here are the key takeaways from this chapter. 
Miller tells us that we can begin to develop a balanced attitude toward life by taking a long look back, a long look, not just to yesterday, but over the course of our lives. He then tells us that a balanced attitude toward life depends on our ability to take a long look around us, that when we do this, we often discover that what life brings to us is as good as what it's given to other people. We're not missing out. We're not falling behind. It it all equals out. It's very much the same. I think maybe I love this next point most of all. Miller says that we have to develop and maintain a balanced attitude toward our life by taking a look ahead. It's then, Miller tells us, that we live our present moment, whatever it may be, in faith that it's filled with unforeseen and unforeseeable possibilities. We don't know what is around that next corner, but we could very well be surprised by something awesome. And then the last point, somewhat tied to this idea of taking that long look ahead, is that we have to maintain an eternal perspective. Miller wraps up by reminding us that a balanced attitude toward life depends on our ability to believe that it takes another world to finish what we have begun in this world. Well, I hope you enjoyed tonight's chapter. I took a little peek ahead, and while we only have a few chapters to go, I think there's some really good stuff in there. So, hey, why not join me here in the reading room in a couple of weeks? Until then, sweet dreams, and I'll see you soon.